0: personal coach, and trusted attorney,
1: Andrew Lieb. Happy Sunday, Lauren. It's Hanukkah. We're in the eight crazy days and eight crazy nights. If you all don't know about the Festival of Lights, you should speak to my son, Spencer, who is very, very, very knowledgeable about the fact that he gets a present every night. This is the best week of the year. I'm telling you, we have our friend, our our, our expert, Perry Grossman, the ACLU voting rights attorney on the line with us, and more importantly, a proud Hanukkah celebrator. He likes any light, any present, anything going on. Perry, how you doing? I'm
0: all right. I'm all right. as excited about Hanukkah as you
1: are. I have to tell you, though, there's a, a problem with Hanukkah that you may not be aware of, um, so I want to share it with you. My son's birthday is right before Hanukkah, so we do two present things, and Grandma got him this Oculus Rift. Have you tried this? No, So it's a virtual reality thing from Facebook. And I imagine now that, um, what is it, 48 attorney generals are suing to take away Facebook and their anti-monopoly practices, maybe Oculus will be a standalone company in a few months. But anyway... I, I got that. It's possible, right? 48, I think it was. But yeah. um, Zuckerberg, if you need help, call Perry and I. We're here for you. Um, we'll, we'll join the foundation. Uh, dude, I'll even mow your lawn if you need it. So anyway, um, the Oculus is virtual reality. The One of the free games that they recommend you try is a roller coaster. And I have never been more nauseous in my life than taking this roller coaster I love roller coasters at like when you go to Six Flags Great Adventure, like super fun. But what happens is you get the vibration from the Oculus. You're immersed in it from the Oculus. But Lauren pointed out, very smart, no wind. So without the yeah. wind, it's like torture. Like you need so, wind on a roller coaster. Uh, yeah. So I've ta- I but tried it's so the, fun, so fun. The shooter games are amazing. Like there, uh, there's a, a Minecraft game. Like it's amazing. But don't take the roller coaster. I'm just warning you. If you get that for Hanukkah, unless you love feeling dizzy. Well, you know I love a roller coaster, but without the wind. <laughs> maybe if you blow on me next time while I'm taking it, I'll feel. <laughs> (laughs) better. (laughs) It was actually really funny when you were on it, um, you were sitting on a recliner chair and our son kept on moving the recliner back and forth until you noticed. So anyway, (laughs) Lauren, um, I actually still feel like I'm on a roller coaster and that's why I wanted to have Perry on the show because this past week we had what's called Safe Harbor Day, which is the 8th of December. And I always heard that a safe harbor meant you could be safe. Hence the word safe harbor. And I thought the whole election nonsense was going to be over. And when I say nonsense, I'm not going into your political beliefs. I'm into let's move on with the world. Like whoever won the election, I want to move on. I don't want my life to be about the election. Perry obviously does as He's a voting rights attorney. But for me, like I just want to like move on. Like I got other things to do, like maybe make a sandwich. So I don't understand, Perry, how if December 8th, 2020 – was safe harbor day i'm still reading that uh, i don't know if you've seen this i'm still reading that according to newsweek 72 percent of republicans don't trust that biden won the election the new york times is saying seven to eighty percent of republicans don't buy the results and trump is still saying that he won well what, what gives What 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 what's going on man well, I think that's an unfortunate
0: consequence of all the rhetoric coming from the president, which has been sort of calculated to undermine the election results for, for months and months. The fact is, on Safe, by Safe Harbor Day, all 50 states in D.C. had certified their election results, and uh, their their electors will be casting well over 270 electoral votes for Joe Biden. So because the contest is long since over, but the shouting, but you know, we keep seeing these, I mean, genuinely bizarre lawsuits that keep popping up all over the place and keep getting shot down. Um, And and all that contributes to this climate where, you know, some people lose confidence in in sort of the fundamentals of democracy. And, you know, if you dig a little bit deeper into the polling results, as I think the New York times did in in one story, um, you know, it's possible that that 72% is really, you know, a, a lot of rooting for our team as opposed to a genuine loss of confidence in democracy. There are indicators that suggest that a lot of those 72% are, you know, more than prepared for uh, a change of administration on January 20th, um, which makes sense. You know, I, I don't think I don't think America is dissolving tomorrow. I don't think any of those 72%. Well, most of those 72% don't believe America is dissolving tomorrow, and that Joe Biden won't be president on January 20th. Um, but it's certainly disturbing that there's a large number of folks who well over a month after election day are are still sort of, um, throwing shade at, at what's pretty pretty clearly the results.
1: Yeah, you're calling it disturbing, and you're calling them bizarre lawsuits, but the Trump is saying that it's statistically impossible. That's what he said. It's statistically impossible for him to have lost. So are you the crazy guy? Are you the disturbing guy? Are you the bizarre guy? Like, I don't understand. The Trump says it's statistically impossible. Are you in cahoots with all those states to create a grand conspiracy?
0: I, I Seriously, I, look. Like, what gives? Lauren, that's, that is a genuinely excellent point. The fact that there is a conspiracy among all 50 states. <laughs> How many people involved? Law, it's, really, it is It is quite depth. You should see the meetings. Catering it is impossible. Um, Are they but, getting like, Zoom bombed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never seen a babka so big in my whole life, I, I assure you. Um, you know, it's... It, <laughs> this notion that it's statistically impossible is would be immediately be debunked by anyone who has spent more than about 15 seconds thinking about statistics. Um, You know, not every single vote is a coin flip. Not every single vote is uh, I, I, I won't, I won't go into just how absurd it is, but the state of Texas literally put in a court filing that there was a one in one quadrillion chance that the election results had gone the, the way uh, that they did. And, and, and that was just – there's no foundation for that. That's not the kind of thing you should put in, in court papers, just sort of made up that way. And, you know, it's notable that the Solicitor General of Texas, the person who is responsible for arguing the state of Texas's cases in front of the Supreme Court – Uh, the state of Texas not being a a great bastion uh, of liberalism, at least as far as its statewide elected officials are concerned, you know, it's notable that he did not sign that brief. Um, And, you know, I I think I saw um, some evidence that not only uh, did he not sign that brief, but there was a lawyer who was brought in from D.C. to write that brief uh, and may have also contributed to uh, the president's brief as well, all of which is, is again disturbing and, and and against the rules so there's a lot of really strange stuff going on at this point there's been a lot of, of um, oh let's let's just call it uh, bad bad lawyering um, that's taking place all over the country now you know I think the the lawsuits at this point I think Trump is is like one for well over 50 defeats in the courts right now um, it, it is definitely time, long past time to, to, to give it up and, and move on, because we got a lot of really important issues going on right now. Like a global uh, pandemic. York. Like a global pandemic, uh, among, among other things, although very, very hard not to put that global pandemic, which is, is, I mean, just killed hundreds of thousands of Americans at this point. I think we'd all like to get back to normal, uh, you know, get that vaccine out, distributed so we can go back to having the lives we, we we used to live a little bit um, for those who can. So it's, it's a tough season, but uh, I think we'll get through it. And hopefully January 20th will come soon and we can get back to something closer to, uh, you know, regular order in American government.
1: So what I want to do, though, is beyond and I agree with you and Lauren about. The pandemic. And if you haven't seen Bill Nye, the science guy, explaining how masks work, I highly recommend you checking that out. It's Masks are important. Like I, I have to tell you, I keep going into this every week that we need masks because I want my business to stay open. And when people don't wear masks, you're basically walking around saying to me, I hope your business closes. That's what I see when you're not wearing a mask. When you walk around and you don't have a mask and you're in front of other people within six feet, you're saying to me, I hope you go bankrupt and go out of business. And because, you're also saying that you hope the school's closed, too. Well, anyway, so, but uh, Perry's here. And what I want to do, Perry, and I get that you're saying that Trump's basically lost. And you're saying that it's bad lawyering. And you're saying it's bizarre. But I'm reading this guy f- from Fox News, Patrick Basham, and he agrees with you that it's not statistically impossible, like Trump said, but he says it's in statistically implausible. And then he says. There's party registration trends, how the candidate did in their respective presidential primaries, the number of individual donations, how enthusiastic um, people were in the general and um, opinion polls in the, uh, they generated. And so you're a litigator, and, I, and you do this. So imagine you go to court, and I don't know if you've done this or not, and they're saying things like this, that this is statistically implausible. How do you overcome such a thing? Because what I want to understand is I hear you, that you believe that this is over, but I'm reading again, 72% of Republicans don't trust what happened. So how do they have trust when they're hearing statistically implausible? How do we, as a good lawyer, not a bad lawyer, how does a good lawyer explain that that's wrong?
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And it's, and it's frankly, even though the election is long since over, it's a battle that we have to keep fighting because we need to have everyone's trust in in the way democracy works or we don't have democracy. Democracy is fundamentally dependent on the, 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 the consent of folks involved with it to, to engage with the system. And if... You know, half of the, the the people in the system decide they can't trust it and opt out, and you're no democracy anymore.
1: I'm afraid. So, yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. what I'm trying to say, and I need to feel more comfortable, and I want to be able to say that it's not statistically impossible, it's not statistically implausible. I tell me.
0: Sure. I mean, it's look, it's it's very, it's relatively easy to to. To, to sit these uh, so-called experts down in, in depositions and, and pick through, you know, all of the nonsense claims. But, but frankly, like the, the judges in each of these cases have done them themselves. And you know, if you want to, to look at the at, at the opinions, a lot of them written by judges appointed by President Trump, President Bush. Um, you know, there's a pretty thorough dismantling of these claims about statistical implausibility, and. You know, I think. I, is there a good I one you can point
1: to, Perry? Like, if I'm going to go look for this, is there, like, I imagine you and I, we know how to do legal research. We're lawyers. Like, we know how to find this stuff. Is there something that I should be Googling and looking for? Is there a good opinion that matters? Is there something that I can go read? Is there a summary of this stuff? I imagine the non lawyer isn't going on LexisNexis or Westlaw and checking their case sites. Where can I find this information? And know what I'm talking about to feel comfortable in this because I got to tell you, and maybe you can address this too. I read the, the the press secretary for the president saying that when we all went to sleep, Trump was winning and it's impossible overnight that uh, everything changed. And how come they vote, they tally these mail-in voting the next day? It seems like something's up here, man. Tell me why nothing's up. Why doesn't it pass the smell test? This is what happens
0: absolutely every single year is that we count the in-person votes first and then we count mail-in votes. We have more mail-in votes this year because people chose to vote by mail in order to be safe for the pandemic so that we would have less crowding at the polls. So we would see less spread of COVID at the polls the way we saw when there were long lines in places like Wisconsin and Georgia this spring. So first of all, the use of absentee ballots is really a good public health measure. And so those ballots, because they have to be physically, the envelopes have to be checked, then they have to be opened up, then they have to, the ballots have to be flattened out and then fed through a scanner. All of that just takes more time. And then, you know, you had the president undermining, casting doubt on absentee ballots all along, telling Republicans not to vote by absentee ballot. Now, the president is now telling people in Georgia, they should vote by absentee ballot, because absentee voting is, of course, fine. But this strategy to, you know, deter people away from mail-in voting meant that a lot more people voting Democrat voted by absentee ballot than, than, than voted Republican. I mean, this is such common sense stuff. It is infuriating to see anyone suggest that, you know, it, it, there should be some sort of 50-50 break Um, in absentee ballots. That would be completely contrary to months and months of rhetoric. If you want to look at judicial opinions that that make a lot of sense, you know, Judge, Judge Batten in the Northern District of Georgia did a pretty thorough dismantling of a case down there. So I can't remember if he's Northern District or Middle District, but he's a federal judge, a pretty conservative one. Same with Judge Brand, who's a longtime member of the Federalist Society, the Federalist Society being sort of a, an important group of conservative lawyers. He's a judge in the middle district of Pennsylvania who heard one of the you know more, um, more reported on cases there. Um, you know, the various cases that have come through Michigan. I mean, judge after judge has really just dismantled these absurd theories based on affidavits that don't hold up. Um, you know, if you want someone who is emblematic of these lawsuits, you know, watch Saturday Night Live and see Cecily Strong. Um, <laughs> you know, barely, barely parodying that woman who testified in Michigan.
1: Wasn't That's she a stripper? I read I read something about that that her, and I respect strippers. We did a whole we did a whole um, a whole segment about how in the pandemic we have to save the tatas because strippers' lives matter. They do matter. I and think that was our most downloaded podcast. It's very important. People didn't realize that when you have when you have to stay six feet, you can't have lap dances. It's a problem, and maybe that's why she did a career change for that. Perry, I, I got to tell you though. I hear all these cases, you said something like 50 and Trump won one, and I want to ask you about that in a second, but I am I hear that there's only one real lawsuit still going, and that's from Texas, and you referenced that before. Is that still going? What's going on with that?
0: So, it's not exact. I, I'm not 100% clear what's going on. Texas, um, you know, along with 17 other states, or 16 other states, you know, filed, a lawsuit against the states of Michigan, Pennsylvania, and I
1: believe Wisconsin and Georgia and Georgia, they said Georgia, Georgia,
0: they said trying to overturn their results. First of all, I'm not aware of this being a thing at all. And they made an emergency application for relief in the Supreme court. It was denied. It was denied without any dissent whatsoever. I don't know the extent to which that case is meaningfully still live at this point. Um, but it's such a completely uh, incredible move that one, it's not going go, it's not going to go anywhere. but it's, it's, it, is, it is deeply troubling that you know state attorneys general are even signing on to this in the first place. Um, you know. Who, are that's you what frankly? i'm troubled
1: about that's why i wanted to have you on that i'm troubled that i'm seeing all these attorneys general signing on to this and i'm seeing texas ag um stewing this lawsuit this ken paxton guy and he's being indicted for securities fraud right now which is a whole irony of it all and the better right. part i don't know if you saw this what he's alleging michigan wisconsin pennsylvania and georgia did his governor, Governor Abbott, actually did. He used his emergency authority because of the pandemic to allow for all of this type of changing in the election. And it's ironic that he didn't sue his own state. I don't, I don't understand. It is, it is truly
0: bizarre. And the fact is, the changes that, that Governor Abbott made were good changes. Um, you know, The changes that governors made to make voting safer and more available, these were good changes. There's no reason to sue over them. I mean, imagine uh, you know, folks from New Jersey coming in and, and suing to try and over the res, uh, overturn the results of the New York First Congressional District out in Suffolk County because they just don't like those results. They just don't like the way you voted. That's really what this is coming down to. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a genuine legal theory. It's just, um, you know, one, one law professor who's, uh, who's a voting rights expert, you know, looked at some of these things and said, well, they're really just tweets with filing fees, and, and that's exactly right. There's no genuine you know, viable legal claim here, it's just a complaint that somebody has, it's just a, a grievance that somebody has to file with a court in order to make it public and give it legitimacy. And that's one of the things that's really disturbing is you know, they're using these courtrooms as theater, and even though the judges are knocking these things down you know, with, with the level of dismissiveness they deserve, um, you know, just even involving the court system at all, and involving these lawyers, gives everything an air of of legitimacy that it is in no way entitled to. I mean, and and some of this lawyering is just pure garbage.
1: Well, I'm um, disappointed to hear you say that for one reason, and and the reason is that even though the president's currently being a, uh, represented in that case, I think by John Eastman, who's a racist that made claims about Kamala not being eligible because her parents were immigrants, I'm disappointed, though, because I heard Ted Cruz agreed with Trump to argue it before the Supreme Court, and I wanted to see the Cruz man in front of the Supreme Court. I was, like, super excited. So you're telling me I'm not going to see Ted Cruz? It's not going to even get that far?
0: I, I hate to I hate to disappoint anyone who wanted to see Ted Cruz in the United States Supreme Court of oh, for it. each other for about fifteen minutes, um, but n- no, there's just there's just no way that is ever going to happen. Um, so you know, let's you're, back up you're, for course, a second. welcome to turn on turn on C-San and watch Ted Cruz blow V8 anytime you want.
1: I watch him all the time because he has this great Texas flag as his his mask. He wears a mask, but he wears one that has a Texas flag, and I think it's good to have good graphics on your mask. But as I want as long wanna, as he's got a mask. It's that's what I'm saying. You said though that Trump, there's been over 50 lawsuits, and he's won one. I think a lot of people here. Well, he won one. So what does that mean? Like maybe that one's the one that matters. It's not right? The one, the one that he
0: won, I believe. Uh, pertains to the receipt deadline for absentee ballots. And so what that court said is that there were a very, very small number of ballots that were received a certain number of days after election day um, that shouldn't be counted. I'm, I'm
1: let me say it otherwise. Sure. Will that yeah. change the outcome? It won't even change. Uh, it won't come within
0: within you know a bazooka distance of, of changing the outcome in Pennsylvania, let alone the entire election.
1: So that's what I need to know. So there's no way it's changing. And tomorrow, the 14th of December, is a very important day because I see that the Electoral College votes tomorrow. Isn't that what we got tomorrow? Am I going to have closure tomorrow?
0: Well, I think closure will probably wait for a lot of us until January 20th at 12 p.m. when the next president of the United States is sworn in. But there should be more closure tomorrow, right? Every every step we get closer to the inauguration brings us closer. The the problem is, um, you know, America has relied on a peaceful transition of power, concessions by presidents or, or sorry by by losing candidates to the next president in order to keep things moving because there's a huge transition that has to take place. The United States government is by far the largest corporation in the world. It has thousands and thousands of employees and it's going to have brand new leadership. And so the transition is actually a really important period that we should be paying attention to. But uh, while that's not going on because the president is complaining about an election that he lost over a month ago, you know, it's, it's hard to point any single day until He says, "Okay, we're done. Let me make sure that Joe Biden and his new cabinet secretaries and ambassadors and everything else are ready to go on January 20th so America can get back to the business of doing all the things it needs to do. That's that's when we'll get some closure. Failing that, it's going to be the moment that uh, Joe Biden is inaugurated and Donald Trump leaves the White House, you know, whether on his own two feet or as a trespasser.
1: Perry, we only got 30 seconds left before we go to commercial, but I have something I need you to do for me. Let's just imagine as I imagine, you can imagine Trump never concedes. Trump keeps running for 2024 because he loves raising money and creating a center of attention on him. And it just keeps going and going and going. And he probably just stays in Mar-a-Lago instead of even coming for the transition. What do you say? As an expert in voting rights, someone who knows this, like the back of your hands, what do you say to the 72% of Republicans on why, forgetting if they like it or not, why they should not feel like their country is stabbing them in the back, why they should feel like that this is the natural transition of power, the election can be trusted, and they should participate in future elections, whether it be in Georgia or elsewhere, and there is integrity in these United States?
0: i look at all the people who have, have worked on these elections. They are people, they are Democrats, they are Republicans, they are people of, of other party affiliations or no party affiliations. They have worked really hard to make this the most secure election in history. I would ask them to look at their down ballot elections, their votes for Congress, their votes for state legislature, right? Those votes count also, you know, if they're calling into question the, the election for the presidency, then they're calling into question the elections for every other office they cast a ballot for. And so I would suggest that this election has functioned, the president notwithstanding, the way a lot of previous elections have functioned, which is reasonably well. And, you know, the sooner we can allow the transition to happen, the better off we all are. But if the president never concedes, that doesn't actually mean anything. He's allowed to not concede forever. It just, it, it it has no meaning in the law, and America will continue regardless of what
1: Donald Trump does. I love that. America is going to continue. And this is the Liebcast. We'll be right back after the commercial. Thank you, Perry Grossman. Stay tuned. Find us on social media at Listen to Lieb or visit ListenToLieb.com.